After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. everyone ragu back and i'm back with we just met three seconds ago <laughs> right nicholas nicholas from right. walk the moon a great Hello. band uh and uh i uh i actually got a uh an email from one of the guys over at uh, love serve and he said hey i i i'm gonna get in touch with nicholas from <laughs> walk the moon and uh, i think it would be great for you guys to get together he knows my love of music i had a, a label uh that for about oh, almost 20 years in really? la yeah it, it was all world beat but you know some we had a bunch of jazz some really great jazz some really great uh more to the you know dance world kind of thing uh so yeah music has always been my thing my mm -hmm. my i'm going to ask you what your transformation points were but one major one for me was uh when i was a teenager happened to sneak in to see john coltrane i'm from montreal in montreal okay and yeah i got it i don't know how i got in because i wasn't more than 16 17 and drinking age was uh, more than that so uh yeah he played my favorite th things i don't know have you ever heard him do that coltrane Sure, yeah. Yeah. Famous. Gone. I was gone. I was <laughs> yeah. totally out of body. No, I'm right. not kidding. I it bet. Was a seminal moment in my life, that that moment. I mean, I can be sitting there. I can see Elvin Jones, who played drums, sitting there, and he had a cigarette that it just burned all the way down. He never took it out, and he was... I like, love it. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, so great. Anyhow, so I got the uh, email, and I thought, well, that, that actually... I didn't know the name of the band. Of course, I knew the song. <laughs> Who mm -hmm. doesn't know the song? When did the song come out? Gosh, uh, it came out 2014, actually. But, oh, my but really, God. Really rose up in 2015. And of course, everybody, you're all going to know it. Shut up and dance. <laughs> I think, actually, in this um, very strange environment of... Uh, COVID-19, uh, we, uh, we we need to do, you should be, there should be people doing like, uh, you know, Zoom dance parties with that. That got to be the theme, right? Shut yeah. up and dance because it's mostly shut up mind and dance, right? Right. Because we're not talking to any, I mean, we don't have anybody right with it. Right. Get, get out of your head. Yeah. Get out of your head. Shut up yeah. and dance. That's the way I always took it. And uh, 
you know what? We got to play uh, just for anybody who doesn't hasn't heard it, which is can't be, you know, maybe three or four people, but you know, we're <laughs> listening to this podcast. Uh, but let's let's play it. Okay. Let's give us a context for something that was a seminal um, thing in your life. Obviously a hit. Yeah, Obviously it 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 changed so many things because I know so many people, you know, artists that have had that uh, great experience. Uh, so here it is. Okay, everybody, shut up and dance. Oh, don't you dare look back. Just keep your eyes on me. I said you're holding back. She said, shut up and dance with me. This woman is my destiny. She said, Say it all for people. 
how did this come to you? I, I mean, that's a gigantic hook, obviously. You got to, and I've heard some of the other music since we, uh, you know, I got more knowing about uh, Walk the Moon. Uh, so you are good at that. And, and I love that, you know, even though I, I've been into like Indian music and jazz and, uh, you know, everything when in back in the day, I was a program director for a rock and roll radio station back in Montreal. Oh, in the wow. Day. Awesome. Yeah. You know, and so hanging out with Van Morrison and people. You know, so I was steeped in some substantial music, but I always knew if it ain't got that hook, I don't care who you are singing the song. It's not going to happen. So how did that one come together? You know, um, there's a really specific story with this one. I was, uh, we were, I was with my guitarist writing um, in the studio and, uh, and we had, we'd come up with this great, um, really got the quarantine yeah, the, it's fluff going end. on. Yeah. No, no barbers. The barbers not, not No, I know. Look where I'm going. I mean, not, it's not going to be good. You know? Not an essential uh, uh, business, I guess. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, we were, we were writing in, in LA and we discovered this great uh, vibe, like the you know the the opening the opening vibe of the song that you hear with the, the you know the kind of U two ish guitar, and we mm -hmm. just we felt like we landed on something, but didn't have a chorus. And um, and so I went out that night to kind of I was pretty frustrated. Went out that night to blow off some steam, and I uh, went to a club with my girlfriend and uh, my girlfriend at the time. Uh, the echo. And it was uh, it was Funky Soul Saturday. I don't know if it was called that, but we would call it that. We'd go every Saturday to listen to some funk music. And I remember being there and the music's great. Uh, and I'm waiting, but I'm waiting in line for just to get a drink at the bar. And it's just taking forever. And I'm just like so frustrated and getting in my head and just, um, you know, uh, just probably a pain to be around. And then she just, she comes to me and she's like, just shut up and dance with me. Really? And, yeah, for real. And And I was like, uh, uh, uh. and we we danced it out but but then i i you know practically ran home and uh and the chorus just just flowed out and next day we finished the song and the rest is history really oh that's yeah that's just like ramdas uh be here now you know that story no no you know, everybody thinks it came from some deep meditative blah blah right no he was in the car with the bhagavan das who knew neem karoli baba and was a had had you know was a devotee and said I'm going to my guru you want to come along and he said Ramdas said oh, I don't know okay you know he was more of a Buddhist he wasn't into gaudy Hinduism as he called it and gurus and all that crap so he went along and but you know there's long drives Ramdas is like talking about his past and stuff you know Harvard and all of that and one point Bhagavan Das just turned to him and looked looked at him and went can you just be here now boing that's how that was born same as you know epic so, i love it yeah isn't that great uh that's a great story nicholas hmm. so all right so as i said uh, i think maybe before we got on i'm always always interested when i meet somebody that i don't know just to see you know what are the triggers that happen uh triggers is not the right word what what triggers usually you think of oh i'm being triggered into a negative state uh but what are those seminal moments that allowed you to be believe that there was a path that there was a route route as we say in canada to happiness 
that uh, that everything I think I maybe I don't need to believe that you know what was your what was those moments what were those moments for you hmm you know um i think it began from a young age my my mom i remember one time maybe i was uh this probably happened more than once but i remember a time when i was eight or nine or something and um it was it was pouring outside and my mom would open the door um com- like open the front door completely so we could just hear hear the rain and smell it and um see the thunder and lightning or see see the lightning hear the thunder and um and she's like look 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 nicholas god's in the rain and from a young age i i, I went to um catholic school and christian school and things like that but um you know the the western i don't know the like typical western mainstream picture of god or spirit didn't never really resonated with me um but from from my family and and from my own uh journey there was something about like you know there's everything everything is sacred everything has a a piece of of the infinite in it and um and so I, i think i was always open to it from you know from a young age um and (laughs) and it wasn't until after uh college that um i really became interested uh in you know more in a more focused way in in like a spiritual path um and i was reading daniel pinchbeck you familiar with him Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, he wrote, uh, among other great books, he wrote 2012, The Return of Quetzalcoatl, um, which was sort of his, his like a combination of his like memoirs, like his world travels, um, and also his thesis about the uh, state of the world, the state of the environment. Um, but instead of a perspective of doom, it was more one of, of possibility and of welcoming in a new age of of mankind you know a a new type of new level of unity that um is is not only possible but is is necessary for us to to press on you know in the in the coming years very prophetic uh for where we are right now huh yeah no doubt no doubt um and he spoke of his journeys into the jungle um and sitting with the ayahuasca medicine um and something was calling to me in in that and and I kept hearing hearing the word ayahuasca and different you know different um uh you know experiences and um and ended up finding my way into a circle and I, I you know and into a ceremony and um it just it it confirmed so many so many of the things that I was already doing in live shows with my music and and u- using music as uh as uh, medicine to lift others up and to bring people to a vibration of joy and togetherness. Um, just, it gave me a new perspective on, on what I was doing and, and what I could do with the music. Mm. Lovely. So just join the ranks of those who 
got turned on by psychedelics, right? It's a big rank yeah. out there. <laughs> it's yeah. going all the way back to, you know, my era, 70s till now, you know, it's pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, I mean, I've talked about with different people, there, there is a, I mean, now we are in this thing, this thing sets this moment apart from everything you know because i used to say well, yeah late 60s early 70s you know we went through very similar things there was a lot of the same pressures as next gen is having you know now well, you're in your 30s or something mm -hmm. so yeah so um there was a to me there was a lot of parallels right there was a lot of opposition there was a lot of polarization there is, uh, you know, the dis discrepancy between those who have and those who have not, all of it. And the way in which, to me, Next Gen was um, approaching it was actually, in my mind, more conscious than what we do. So there was, that there, you know, maybe I'm glorifying this a little bit, and, and you can't generalize, you know, too much, right? Because everybody's in everybody. Sure. But there was an interest to do something about it. There was an interest around what's going on in the environment, politically, socially. Um, whereas, like with me back in the day, it was all about just moving on to the path, you know, uh, going through the same things that you went through, you know, the psychedelics and the, and the finding the path and knowing that, you know, you wanted to, sh you know, share it and, and all of that. But the 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 social the service part the social action part which later Ramdas really came to embody in big ways mm -hmm. that wasn't something that was so uh, I wasn't caught there I caught I I was caught in my own a little bit too much of me me even if it was a path to transcend that old mini me right which is what this is all about in in one major way. So, and I'm thinking that today that there's a lot more consciousness. Agree or not? What What do you think in, in your own life? Do I agree or disagree with whether there's well, more? The, the, this next gen is really a, a, a very conscious uh, group of people who are really caring about doing something not just for themselves, but for somebody else. Simple as that. Or I, the I, environment or whatever. I think so. I mean as the uh, it, it seems to be the nature of things that as the, the dark gets darker the light you know also grows um so and, and i think in this age uh, yogi bhajan called it you know the aquarian age um where everything is known there's no secrets you know we're in the age of the internet and mm. um and transparency um is is the name of the game and and these systems that are built on on uh secret secretly you know on built on secrets i'm getting a phone call please go away love you decline <laughs> um uh these systems that are built on secrets just are are, are crumbling right you know and and i think people uh, i think I think kids who are growing up right now are um, are grounded in a, in a system where knowledge is is available to everyone, you know, and mm -hmm. um, the 
the trials, the the hardships of others um, across the world outside of our immediate environment um, are are can be really present, can be really um, apparent and obvious, and um, and so the need for action, the need for um, for human kindness and care and and um, what's the word I'm looking for um, for for outreach is is just is becoming more and more obvious to to everyone. Mm, yeah. And now, of course, with this, this puts a huge pin in it all, doesn't it? Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Um, we don't have to say what it is. We just go with this. This. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, it's so pervasive, right? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you. I noticed one thing on social media from you. Um, that's really, really great. That really addresses a lot of what we're doing right here. The distance and the difference between us is just an illusion. And uh, and you walk outside now, the distance, even though we are doing social distancing, that distance is evaporating. The connection is evapor. The connection is is more absolutely transparent. And the differences are evaporating. Now I'm in Ojai, California. So the people I'm passing. So, you know, let's say, okay, maybe we are on the same page socio politically and so on. And, uh, but I don't even think, I think it was someone supposedly on the them side, which, you know, for people like me, you know, baby boomers that so are on the left, you know, if a Trump person is going to, you know, walk by you. But I think in this case, if that was the case, um, I don't think there would be any less of the approachability, the way in which we know we're all in this one thing, this one thing together, right? Mm -hmm. I think it cuts through so incredibly. Th this uh, the idea of distance and, and differences but talk about it from uh, you know that was a, it's a beautiful thing actually thank you that's it's a that's a lyric from a walk the moon song um, is it yes oh. it's called sound of awakening yeah oh the sound of awakening i did oh yeah i listened to that that's really cool too oh great <laughs> i didn't know that wonderful yeah yeah it sort of becomes this this mantra at the end of the song that's just repeated over and over and and uh, you know, climaxes into this um, this big mountain of sound, mm. hmm. and um, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think I think that there's something, you know, not not to downplay any of the real suffering and and um, you know the hard times that so many people are experiencing right now. But there's something really beautiful about what um, our current situation, what the virus has, has put us, um, you know, mm. the perspective that it, uh, that it provides for, for everyone, you know, uh, just a, a sense of, a sense of unity and a sense of um, like taking a step back and, and seeing the whole world as, as one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
I've been talking about this on different podcasts, something I picked up from uh, an article that I read, but apparently uh, the, uh, the Chinese have a very great uh, saying or quote uh, about what a big crisis, around what a big crisis is, right? And it translates in English to dangerous opportunity. Is Ooh. that great? Ooh, that's so nice. Is that great? I love that. I love you know, that. And, and the, he goes on to say, the crisis can profoundly unite humanity and make us realize we are all in this together. And thus, what unites us as opposed to what divides us can be emphasized, which is, you know, the distance and the difference between us is just an illusion. So very apt. But uh, isn't that great? <laughs> and uh, wow, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah, and I just think we have the opportunity. Now, it's a very diverse six billion of us, so uh, there are people who are wanting to take advantage of the situation. Is it almost nine billion now? Is it nine billion? I, huh. think, it, I think it's hovering around eight. I don't know. Eight? It's a nine. lot. Okay. I just wiped out two billion people. Gee, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Goodness. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so there are people, of course, that are going to want to take it that are taking advantage of this uh, in in different ways, and they all are all are around power and greed. And uh, but I think there's so many more people, by far, who really are opting for compassion and kindness, and connectivity, and realizing we have to the way that we would want to treat ourselves. Not only do we have to treat everybody else like that. But we have to treat the environment. Look what's happening to the environment right now. I mean, it's just uh, I, somebody sent me a picture. Of, there's one mountain in the Himalayas uh, that uh, was the peak, central peak in the whole horizon uh, that was in front of where we lived when we were there back in the day with Nimkaroli Baba. So you go up to, a, you know, in different places around the valley that we're in, if you went up to the top of a, you know, a mountain, but a hill next to these, you know, mountains, the, the Himalaya, you could see, and you always saw, and it was called, it is called Trishul, which means trident. So it's, uh, okay. All right, Ariel, I got to, I got to show you what it is. Okay. You're going to put it up behind I'm you. I'm going to put it behind me. Okay, everybody. Yes. And because uh, what happened is somebody uh, sent me a picture that, uh, <sighs> This is this is one. This is it. Okay. Look at that. Okay, beautiful. At sunset. But somebody so somebody got a really clear picture, but for the first time ever, this mountain is being seen way way back of it because previously the haze and the pollution and all of that you couldn't really see it. And it's just uh, I don't, I actually don't have it as a background right now, but this yeah, this is it. And uh yeah amazing what is going on yeah so i'm hearing about dolphins and yeah and swans returning to the venice canals and like um yeah yeah it may, and something else wow photo you know the the scans from outer space just it's a it's a much needed breath of fresh air for mother earth i, I yeah. hope that it um it seems like Going back to normal isn't really an option, right? Right, right. No, no way, no way, no. Way. I feel like I feel like everyone, 
everyone that I'm speaking to anyway, just senses that on, on some level that whatever it is that we're going into next, it's not exactly, it, it can't be the same. No. And yeah. And I had a, uh, I have a scientist friend that I've done podcasts and he's going to be on retreats that we're doing. And he, uh, he said, this is a little love tap from nature. Mm. Okay. This is not going to, this is not the 1918 epidemic. This isn't, uh, you know, bubonic plague. You know, this is a love tap that hopefully will allow us. She's saying, okay, got to wake up here. And hopefully we will, you know, I thought that was so apt and more, more people do say that, uh, you know, the mutations of these things and the possibilities in the future can be way worse than what this is. Hard to imagine that as we're all stuck in our houses at this yeah. point, right? So, um, hey, how about, I know you, you really got into uh, yoga, kundalini yoga, particularly, yeah. the Sikh yeah. Uh, version. Yeah, talk about how all that happened, what that means to you a little bit. Sure. Yoga has <laughs> yoga has been um, a source of, of great centering for me in my life. Um, I had tried many different kinds of yogas for years, um, just here and there. Always appreciated that yoga existed, and I like. I'm like I get it. Like this is obviously a great thing, but it's not for me. Um, Why? Uh, it just I never. Uh, felt that good for me. I don't know. I, I could see that other people were really enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying what, the yoga that I was taking. Um, and, uh, and you were probably the only guy in the studio. <laughs> Come on. I, I remember actually, I remember going with my, uh, my 60 year old aunt and she was doing, you know, she's like upside down and, you know, her legs are behind her ears or whatever. And I'm just I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, <laughs> I, I see that it's great, but it, um, and, and then, and then a friend took me to a Kundalini yoga class and I'm like grinning the whole time. I'm just having a blast. I don't know what it is about it. Uh, and, and I just started, I started going, um, every, uh, multiple times a week. Um, and this is, this is around the time that, um, so my my father, my father had Alzheimer's. Um, early onset, he had it from age forty nine, um, and oh. and I was um, I had taken I had taken the summer off. The band actually had a a big tour booked, and my dad was getting a lot worse, and I was um, really struggling um, just with my um, just my state of mind and state of being. And, um, and so we, we canceled the tour, which we had never, ever, ever done. And, uh, and I went home and, um, spent time with family. And, and so this is, this is after returning to LA, just after, after that time and, and seeing that my dad was, um, passing very soon. And so Kundalini yoga came into my life, um, just right when I, right when I needed it. Um, and like the ayahuasca experience, 
the philosophy and the practice of Kundalini Yoga um, helped me understand, it helped, it helped affirm and helped me understand some things that I was already experiencing and, and seeing. Um, and um, it helped me put, it helped, it helped me reframe, I guess, or uh, strengthen the, the frame through which I, I was experiencing my, my father's passing. Um, and and there's there's so much i don't even i don't know where to where to go from here um anywhere go go yeah yeah uh there's, there's so many so many beautiful nuggets in 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 all all yoga um you know but my my experiences with is kundalini and and so um you know a lot of these nuggets will be universal but you know every, every time we sit we tune into the 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 divine teacher within and so whatever your whatever your worldview is, you know, whether you experience God or spirit or, or, or not, there's, um, there's this, this feeling, I think that's universal of this, you know, like the inner, the inner voice in the, and the, um, the instinct, the, the intuition and tuning into that, uh, that, that teacher that's within all of us, um, guiding us, uh, toward our, our highest, our highest end, our highest, you know, um, realization. And, um, so that's, that's really present with me in, in Kundalini Yoga. Um, also the, um, it, it's, it's the funniest thing, um, for those who are watching or listening, who I've never seen or aren't, I haven't experienced Kundalini Yoga, you know, there, I would say Hatha and Vinyasa, like these, these types of yoga, like, to me, they look really beautiful when people are striking these poses, and um, and you know they're they're called things like warrior, and you know there's like there's something really visually um, serene uh, and beautiful about it. And then Kundalini Yoga, you might be like uh, you might be just doing this back and forth for five minutes, you know, and you're just doing these very goofy postures, and everyone is is like breathing. Uh, like <laughs> just all these, these like very strange um uh and and oddly challenging um postures that uh or kriyas that uh that puts you put you in a headspace of of like what am i doing why am i doing this over and over and and you just find your your mind is is uh is arguing with you it's like what like stop just stop it you know and um and it really puts you face to face with this uh this this ego and this this um this part of yourself that's that's actively keeping you small or keeping you safe you know it's like there's a reason for the ego right it it, it protects you to an extent um but it's uh you, you get to you really get to like hand to hand uh i don't know if combat's the right word but it's like it's you really get into like a hand to hand tussle with with your own ego like right away um very instantly and very palpably and and viscerally yeah and you see not a good master could be a good servant though the little guy <laughs> yeah right the ego right yeah i don't know i could i could just ramble on and on maybe maybe you should ask another question and help direct my no, this whole thing's about rambling this whole mind rolling it's, it's rambling <laughs> uh but 
Look, many people get into yoga, though, and it's it's around the, the uh, physical expression of the body. And it's a meditation, same as any other meditation, chanting meditation, formal meditation, zaza, whatever it is, yoga is another meditation. You have to come to one point within the expression of each asana, each uh, posture. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's the reality of what yoga to yoke is. There's bhakti yoga. There's gyan yoga. There, you know, there's a ton, well, eight-limbed yoga. Mm-hmm. So were you getting that? I'm not that, I mean, I am familiar. I, I used, we, uh, Krishnadas used to do stuff. We used to do stuff over at, uh, at uh, the, the, uh, the Sikh temple that is no longer there, was off sunset somewhere. I think you, you were there uh, b- before it closed. Uh, was it Golden Bridge? Golden Bridge. Golden yeah, Bridge. Yeah. So we used to go there. So I'm familiar, but I'm not familiar. I'm not, a, I, I have not, in my earlier life, I did some Hatha yoga, but recently I, I, I have not. Uh, so I'm not that familiar with the reality of what they're uh, connecting one to. I'm assuming by what you're saying, it is well beyond. And I know, and I've done stuff uh, with Kriyas and so on. And breath is a huge part of it. And of course, pranayama is a super important thing. We're, we're having a retreat in a couple of weeks and that it all starts with breath as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned in terms of practice. So um, what happened, what did you get connected with? Not just the uh, postures and so on that really drew you in. Well, uh, you know, yoga, the word yoga means to unite. And um, the Kundalini is um, is this is the the cord or the snake of energy that um, that goes from the bottom of your spine to the top of your head. You know, it connects all the chakras, all the energy points. Then it's the ner- you know the, the 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 central the center of the nervous system. And um, there's a a lot of Kundalini yoga is is pretty scientific. Um, you know, it's yogic science, um, and and that's pretty pretty present. It's pretty it's pretty forward in the in the experience. Um, and the you know the idea is is that we've got this um, this this in- immensely powerful um, store of, of energy, this this cord of energy, and it gets and it gets sort of dormant. It gets sort of coiled or stuck, um, and through through all, all yoga and especially kundalini yoga which really focuses on this um you're combining your yoga you're uniting the uh the prana and the apana the um the the breath the the negative and positive um the masculine and feminine um you're you're uniting opposites to circulate this this energy throughout your body um, and and maximize your potential, maximize your presence and your ability to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, you know, as far as just my personal experience with yoga, I just with with, with Kundalini in particular, I just feel awesome. I just feel freaking awesome after uh, after only a few minutes. Um, and and it, it is you know, I, I think. 
it's it's designed it was kundalini yoga as, as taught by yogi bhajan was was designed specifically for this era of time and it's designed for the aquarian age um in the in the 80s um and 70s before the internet was around he's talking about um how uh you know we'd all have the access to all the information in the palm of our hands you know and um and and it's true and, and we have so much stimulus especially especially now actually in this in the in the in the corona times we've we've got everyone is is even more i would say attached to their screen you know everyone's concerned for their loved ones they're concerned about what's going on in the world and we're receiving all this information so much news and media um at all times and and it's like such a shock it's such an overwhelm to our nervous system and um and so tools like yoga tools especially like kundalini yoga um they're it's specifically designed to strengthen our ability to handle all of that yeah balance that well i'm glad this you know it's great to hear this from you that uh it's way beyond just doing some physical postures or go meet some girls over at the local studio so that's <laughs> a good thing <laughs> I mean that's great too, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what are we talking about? It's all yeah. one. It's I mean, all good. I, I do, I do believe any, you know, any pastime, any practice, could be, you know, it, it could be basketball, it, it could be, um, esports, it could be, uh, yoga or, you know, a, a, any practice can get you there. I think. In any well, I mean, you know, when yoga has been designed for thousands of years, I think, you know, right. Well, basketball, yeah, basketball, yeah, I don't know, 1898, whatever he did. He's <laughs> starting Canada. Actually. Well, it's, you know, it's not, I, th I think anything, anything can be, can be a route there. Any, mm -hmm. Anything can be a route really to a deeper connection with, with yourself and a, and a, and a stronger relationship with yourself and your body and your system. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, the, the thing that yoga has that basketball doesn't is this wealth of teachings specifically about that you know yes. um designed to get one free yeah. period yeah well yeah and and you know it's my it, it's similar to my take on on drugs or medicine um that it's all it's all drugs it's all medicine from 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 LSD and ayahuasca to to coffee and alcohol these are you know it's all medicine and it's the the thing the, the thing that makes um a ceremony different from a party is that you have um an elder who's uh who's facilitating a, a intentional experience in a ceremony and the rest is is just you know free for all and um and and so there's this wisdom and this 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 lineage of teachings and this respect for the medicine and i think we could have the same you know not that we have to have a, a shaman around every time we're you know having drinks but but just an acknowledgement that this is something that i'm taking that is going to alter my state and i can i can set an intention for that you know i can i can do that with mm. with an intent to connect it's hard to do that with alcohol you know what i mean i don't <laughs> care what to say Although I did have one experience in Mexico with mezcal that was psychedelic. I couldn't believe it. I don't drink and I only this one experience with it, tequila, mezcal tequila or something. Oh mm -hmm. my God. Um, 
okay wait we got to play another song here before we're get we're moving on all right okay and great. i i wanted to uh play the song aquaman oh and awesome why why that song i guess i really i really gravitate to what hits me musically beyond what hits me word wise Hmm. I've always been like that. So if you if I get hooked in by melody rhythm or a little, you know, creative loop of any kind, you know, this one and that's what happened with this song, right? Okay. So uh let's play it and then you can tell me how that came together. Here we go, Aquaman.
All right. So how did that come together, Nicholas? Aquaman. <laughs> it was that there. There are some songs that take take on many different incarnations and many different versions. And um, this is one we wrote one summer, and it didn't come. It 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 took on several versions, um, and it wasn't you know. I think a couple of years before it wound up as uh, the version that you just heard. And for a long time, it was just a guitar and vocal. Like that was, that was just what, you know, that was the only, that was the only version that was really working. And then the last day of recording, it's literally 6 PM on a Friday, the last day of, of uh, making this record uh, talking is hard, which is the same record that shut up and dance was on. Um, and we, we were, we had this, this choice. We had a fork in the road. We could either celebrate and go, go to dinner or we could see what happens with Aquaman. And we decided, we decided to, uh, to take the Aquaman path and we ended up staying up all night. And, um, really? from, from 6 PM to about 6 AM, we created what you, what you just, what we just played. Hmm. Um, and then the lyric and the lyric yeah, for me, the lyrics about unconditional love. It's about, um, you know, the, the opening line is um, the real life love is underneath the surface, under, under the mirror of the surface. Um, and, and one's, uh, you know, a boy's reluctance to, to, to dive deep or, or fear to dive deep. But once, once you, once, um, once I let go, this you know it can be romantic love or it can be um it can be family love or spirit love or whatever you know um that there's that the real love that it doesn't rush doesn't it's not going anywhere and it and it's it's deep and it and there's no there's no end to its depth non reciprocal is what i would call it hmm there's no business. It only goes. I mean, we were fortunate, of course. You know, when I went back to India, when I went to India the first time, when Ramdas went back, and I was able to meet Neem Karoli Baba and be there for a year and a half, and all these wow. other people. Wow. Uh, why am I? Why am yeah. I talking? I should just sit, just listen to <laughs> your stories, brother. Uh, but there is the story is like, oh my God, there's something here. It's a something. It wasn't because there was no back and forth thing. Like I'm talking to you, and you know, we're getting to know each other, and there's, you know, we're we're in the subject object land. This was like no man's land. Mm -hmm. This was just a one way street. It didn't matter. I didn't need to do anything. It just go into the the hot tub of unconditional love whatever yeah you know and i uh to have that experience and understand that that truly there is no other service there's no other anything and for us to be able to approach even approach that which ramdas did in his life he approached that i mean mm. by the end of his life there was he was you know love everyone was really happening that edict that he got from neem karoli Hmm. tell the truth and love everyone it was happening for him and it's what you know we're all everything you just talked about and your experience with kundalini yoga and so on is nothing short of being 
on that beautiful path to being able to truly serve. There's not, there is no other reason hmm. for any of this to happen, which is why, you know, of course, the Tibetan Buddhists with their the vow of the Bodhisattva, I will not, I will keep coming back and reincarnating until everyone's free, which oh, is a wow. generalization. Yeah, that's what His Holiness is, the Dalai Lama, you know, and all these incredible uh, Tibetan Lamas who have been doing this, uh, this Karmapa, this, who, the 17th Karmapa. Do you know who that is, by the way? No, I don't. Okay, got to turn you on to a couple of Tibetans here. Great. Okay. Yeah. But basically, the in particular, the, the 17th, I don't want to go too far into this thing, but there's the Dalai Lama, the Panchen Lama, and the uh, Karmapa, who for 17 incarnations over all these centuries has been reincarnating into a body. And, you know, they have methodology by which one of a divination lama go okay go to this town uh, be a, a a year and a half year old blah, 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 and they right, take right. they take all of the uh not all but a bunch of the different possessions of the previous lama is uh, his altar stuff and puja stuff and and then they give it in the babies there oh yeah i like that's mine and you know they confirm that it is that <laughs> so there is uh one of the greatest beings who I actually met, 16th Karmapa, I met him in Los Angeles a long time ago. And he was the, um, he was, when I got near him, I, I, sorry out there, I, no, I've told this story a million times, but I never told Nicholas, okay? <laughs> I got I'm near him to have an individual, you know, um, Darshan being in the presence of. And when I got, you know, six, eight feet away, people are in line in front of me. I just, oh, my God, same thing. Neem Karoli Baba. Whatever that thing is that I understand but without my head, I felt in this person. And later on, just a few years ago, I met his reincarnation, 17th Karmapa. He was like 28 or something uh, when I met him, 29. And... We were just hanging out in a in a hotel room. It's me, Krishnas, uh, Sharon Salzberg, and others. And then when we were leaving, he put you know there's a big the ceremony with Tibetans. You put a silk scarf and they put it on you, and it's a blessing and all that. And he did that, and he grabbed my hand. He said, "Thank you for coming." Like, what, are you kidding? Yeah. And and in that moment, I went into a deep, automatic, meditative, deep place for hours. And we were traveling. It wasn't the right thing to happen if you were going to plan on something it was you know I, I ended up sitting in a hotel room and Sharon's like what's wrong with you and I said I don't know but I can't move <laughs> uh, whatever that thing is this man this young man he this llama he had the thing I recognized whatever that thing is which is not it's ineffable you can't say you know but I totally experienced it from his predecessor and I and I thought to myself there whatever that thing is that that you know reincarnates wow it's real i had a real experience of what that is mm. through this being and let me tell you he yeah. he is is someone for you and anybody else who's listening a 17th karmapa he's he's now maybe 33 4 something like that 
a beautiful, beautiful Lama. But what he's doing, he's all about working with people with the environment. He's working with getting more of a female population as nuns and, and being part of the whole uh, monastery tradition. Change, that's a big change. I mean, he's into big change. He cool. is so right on. Anyhow, there's that's a big... Awesome. Uh, a big call out for his holiness the 17th karmapa i love it yeah. shouting him out you would love i, I j that came out of me because i really feel you as a person that i'm talking to right now would really appreciate him so you'll check him out one of these days yeah absolutely um you know there's a lot of shadow times going on right now huh and uh where there's a shadow, there's a potential for really developing awareness. Mm. And that's something yeah. that's my, you know, it's all of our biggest interests, but in terms of practice and so on, this is why I, I do, I'm interested in Buddhist practices and have been for a long, long time. And Neem Karoli Baba, he, he just, in the way that he didn't teach anything and he didn't say do anything, but we all ended up doing Buddhist meditative practice back then. And it's formed a foundation for me as, as far as formal meditation practices. And uh, I, the way in which the connectivity to awareness is really profound uh, for us all. And in these times... So the, the connectivity to awareness? Yeah, yeah. To development, the cultivation of, mm -hmm. and the development of that. Ramdas, you know... He talked a lot about it over the years, and, and we haven't even mentioned that you do, you do know who Ram Das is and appreciate him. I know that, um, but uh, the development of the witness and, and our ability to not fall into the belief systems around our minds and our thoughts and our stories and all of that, mm -hmm. and uh, and opening up a place where we can look at our shadows without running just you know talk a little bit about that in your own experience about just uh, with dealing with the shadow and, part of us the uh, the jung called right that part of us that needs to have light shone on it and not so that we are moving towards and in a um we're absolutely not running from negative and um tough stuff in our lives mm -hmm. and uh and and being able to be okay with ramdas it was all about love and a sense of humor right mm -hmm. about our predicament but yeah. just your own experience with dealing with with uh, suffering hmm. i mean the big um source of pain the, the big tragedy um that i've experienced in in my life is is my path with my my father and his mm. disease uh his alzheimer's he had it for 15 years um and they call it the long goodbye um wow. and a lot of people it's interesting there's not a lot of not a ton of awareness on on alzheimer's people think it's you know something that old old folks get and it, it makes it hard to remember their you know you know where they put their keys or their you know sometimes their family members names or something but you know, it's a disease of the brain that um, basically slowly, very, very, very gradually, um, the, the various areas of your brain are, are, are dying. 
Um, and so it's like a computer glitching, you know, and shutting down. And I, the, <laughs> the perspective that I, that I took and, and that I was afforded through my, um, my upbringing and, um, my own path with spirit and yoga um, is that everything's a gift. Everything, everything, everything is a gift if you allow it to be. And there's there's something for you there in, in every experience, um, no matter how dark or painful. And I found um i just found a place of so much gratitude um with my dad and and you know by the time um by the time he'd passed you know we'd been saying goodbye to him for 15 years mm. and in a way and and so his passing you know there's there's no fun <laughs> there's no fun way to lose someone um and there's something you know equally tragic about losing someone suddenly but to lose someone gradually you know his death was a release was a relief for for everyone and and for him i you know i i believe and um i saw it as you know him becoming free and the depth of pain and sorrow that i had the gift of feeling through that experience that my dad you know gave me um put me in touch with my feelings in a way that was unprecedented um and as an artist i believe that it's allowed me to access uh, a world of of uh, of feeling that um, i wouldn't have been able to without that experience and it and it allows me to relate to in some way and to some degree the pain and hardship the real the real pain and the real hell that some people are experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis around the world now now and now um and i think that's the beauty of of the shit i think that's the beauty of the the hard times is that the deeper and darker they are, the 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 that's that's the the depth to which you can understand the power and and or, or the brightness of of the light and the good times. Hmm. And um, so I, I you know, for me, my um, my mission is to bring. Um, uh, is is to bring this this vibration of, of joy and unity to the world and and my vehicle at the moment is music you know that's that's the that's one gift that i've been given is this is this power of music and so my experience with my dad you know his his death gave me powerful uh strength and and this this powerful array of of colors to paint with now you know mm. um mm. and and directly feeding that thing that that i'm giving 
to the world. Mm. Or as uh, it's come through our lineage from Neem Karoli Baba and Ramdas, suffering brings me closer to God. Period. That's yeah. all succinctly said right there. And you know, I got to say to you, Nicholas, that uh, this is something else I, I did. Uh, we've been putting stuff out of Ramdas's through Love Serve Remember mm -hmm. Foundation, uh, and just helping uh, every week. Uh, um, we have something that goes out called Resources for Resilience. And we just pick different things, podcasts from Be Here Love Now that. Network and, and so on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's worth taking a look, actually. Uh, those of you who are listening and you yourself, Nicholas, just go sign up on ramdas.org to the mailing list so that uh, every week uh, Rachel is sending out these wonderful resources that I think would be very helpful. And so this thing that I did, he's, and this, as far as I'm concerned, it's so great to meet you. This applies to you, this thing that he said, which was people. And it, uh, he said this decades, a couple of decades ago. If it isn't, it's something so prescient for what we are in now. I don't know what is. People with a tiny, tiny bit even of equanimity will help to coalesce everyone and create a safe, comfort zone in the midst and i'm adding in the midst of what we are going through and mm. what you are doing and the time that you put in for yourself the experiences you've had with your family um, and your commitment is exactly this and exactly this is going to you know let's not go too woohoo change the world but it's it has an effect and i really appreciate you mm. Well, <laughs> I so appreciate you, and and um, it's it's so cool to connect with you in this, uh, you know, in in this way. Love technology. Thank you, technology. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right, right. That is and, that is and, exactly uh, right. And that the love of of Ram Das has brought us to this moment. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah, super yeah. super cool. So. Uh, thank you so much for being here. And everybody out there, you just go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash MindRolling and you'll see show notes and connections and links to Nicholas's music and him. And uh, um, yeah, let's continue the conversation. You know, we're doing stuff now with various musicians. We did a great record with an artist named East Forest that he took. He went and interviewed Ramdas. Yeah, I, I I love that record. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. So you know about it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, who else? Justin Beretta, Glitch Mob, uh, did a wonderful thing. He just did another thing, another meditation from Ram Dass that he put music behind. So uh, I'm spending more time with what I think are my people, music artists, okay? Because yeah. I was, that was such a big, has been such a big part of my life. And thankfully, the divine is uh, allowing me to kind of jump back in. So to do this with you and listen to some music uh, couldn't be more better. Couldn't be. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank yeah. you so much. And everybody, we'll see you next week on Mind Rolling. Go to BeHereNowNetwork.com and check out all the great podcasts. Namaste.